Step one, you make some stuff. Step two, you sell some stuff. Step three is what this show is all about. Hello and welcome to the Step 3 podcast. I'm Ian Wilson, partner and creative director at Build Create Studios. And I'm back again to talk about mistakes I've made and lessons I have learned in professionalism, business, careers, etc. Uh, I'm going to be talking about email today and uh, how it's taken over our lives in you know the last several years. Uh, and I'm talking about this today with Alex. He is project manager, copy editor, content guru, and anthropologist at Build Create Studios. Say hello. Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. <laughs> uh, so what's come up a lot in the office lately, dealing with clients and project management and um, <clears throat> all those wonderful things, is how much we've just become slaves to our inbox everything revolves around getting emails replying to emails making sure you write the perfect emails watching your tone in your emails it's pretty insane and it's something that everyone struggles with on their day-to-day professional journey through life whether you're being scolded about it or otherwise just living it out in the trenches Um, so I want to start by saying, remember Inbox Zero, uh, when about you know, 2011, 2012, etc. around those times, everyone was like, we have all these emails and all the gurus like Seth Godin and like Jason Friedman, maybe did they, I don't know, I might be just besperching their good names just for my own benefit here, but everyone was talking about how, like, how we have to get through our email and get inbox zero because we have like hundreds and hundreds of emails all the time flooding in and how can we manage all of it? And now if you Google it, everybody, the blog posts now, the clickbait titles are now like inbox zero sucks and doesn't matter anymore. And uh, yeah, that's just not a thing anymore. And that was hilarious to me, and I wanted to share that. But so, Alex, you know, in in your role here, you spend maybe the most amount of time in email because you're always facilitating things. So, how is that? You know, how is that? How do you cope with that crap? <laughs> um, well, you know, poorly sometimes, better other <laughs> times. Uh, basically, my e- my email inbox is essentially my daily to-do list, sometimes weekly. Um, what ends up happening, though, is I just try to ignore as much of it as I can until I have a decent place to stop and then actually go back to it. So uh, I I deal with it by just uh, pretending it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Avoidance coping. I, I like that. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of us, you know, uh, like I mentioned in episode one about imposter syndrome, we all want people to like us and to form these connections. And that's why it's really hard to manage our anxiety where work is concerned, because email, just like in social media, creates its addiction to goodwill and rapport. And we want to have goodwill and rapport with people. But it also becomes this like harrowing obsession that we're constantly struggling with as just the emails flood and we want to be it we want to be the hero of email we want to like sit there with our staff and our cloak and stop the bad things from happening to people and just run and just save the world by replying to emails and just becomes this immense weight on our shoulders uh so like how 
stress-wise, like does email really stress you out? Like on a scale of one to ten, like where where do you fit in the spectrum of email insanity? Um, I probably sit somewhere around five, mostly because I've realized that most email is stupid, and it doesn't really matter. Um, nothing's ever as urgent as you might think it is, unless they say urgent, and even then, they might be lying just to get you to answer. <laughs> so I, I kind of hover right there in the middle. That way, I, I don't drive myself crazy, but at the same time, I you know just pay attention mm-hmm. to the fact that it's there so I don't forget to do something. Absolutely. So in terms of like one of the things that is a problem <clears throat> uh, for everyone, but especially when you get into those tense situations where email becomes, it sort of obfuscates the emotion of the situation where everyone is sitting there and it's like having a conversation like through a wall with a blindfold on. Um, do you encounter that a lot in terms of just trying to get a read of what the situation is through email? Like how, how do you cope with trying to understand what people's emotional state is through, through their email? Oh, that's always fun. Um, usually, it, I figure it out as I respond to them. Mm. When something comes through that sounds urgent, I find out it isn't, and then I just tell them that it's been fixed or that it's you know that we'll look into it. Then they're always super happy. Mm-hmm. So it, nobody ever really seems as angry or upset through email as I imagine they are at first. Mm. So I've also just tried to stop expecting that they're angry and just hope that they're mm. happy until they give me a reason not to. Yeah. So basically, just don't read too much into it just respond from a positive place and even if it seems like the world's ending just try to diffuse through feigned ignorance sort of (laughs) um that and if they're super pissed they're gonna call you anyway that's true that's true as long as i don't get a phone call everything's usually okay Mm So when I worked, I had this old job, and uh, it conditioned me to get this idea of the perfect email, where it has to be like perfect in tone and length and cadence, and it really was this crafted gem that you just polish, and it was really like a diamond in that you're being like crushed to death by the pressure, and in the end, hopefully a diamond comes out. Um, so like to you, what what constitutes the perfect email in terms of like length, too long, too short? Like what 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 is the what is the ideal in that scenario? Um, anything longer than a paragraph is too long. I mean, I'm I've been known to write you know page long emails because I'm trying to describe processes without having to speak to another person. <laughs> um, but really, as long as you can get the point across, short and sweet, uh, people generally like that, mm-hmm. and also just you throw some exclamation points in there because then it lets people know that you're not being a dick. <laughs> too, too many periods, I find, just sounds angry at worst, and at best, it sounds apathetic. So right. I try to inject a touch of emotion with a well-placed uh, exclamation point. Exactly. Yeah, we create our sort of like punctuation facade of like, see, see, this is enthusiasm now. Exactly. If I put like, okay, with a period, it's like, whoa, okay, I'm whoa, slow your roll. So I don't know about you, but email like has kept me up at night more than once. Uh, are you able to shut off at night, or do you find yourself sitting there at night thinking about the emails you have to write the next day? Um, I never used to be able to break away from my email. It used to be something that I just obsess over mm-hmm. constantly. Um, you know, every time my email tone would go off, I'd be like, "Oh my god, what's broken? Mm-hmm. What do I have to fix?" And then just realizing that no, I. I'm available from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. 
If it's an emergency, they'll call. It's fine. So I've kind of gotten out of the habit of caring about my email after mm. hours, and it helps me sleep a lot better at night. But um, if you do have to think about it, the best thing you can do is just check it to make sure it's not bad, mm. and then you'll probably feel a lot better about it. One of the things that I did, because I used to just lay, lay awake in bed at night writing emails in my mind, and it was the worst thing ever. Uh, I mean, I'm constantly plagued with stress because that's just how I roll. But that was especially one of those things that I just kept thinking to myself, you are going to stress yourself in, right into a tumor, right into a tumor. And what I found helpful was, yeah, and like I would check my email all the time because obviously I'm obsessed and I have to know. But then secondly, if there's an email that's really bugging you and you're gonna lay awake in bed at night and and write emails in your head, just send, just re respond. But like like you were saying, um, you know, keep it just light and friendly. Even if it's like some serious email and it, and and they, and they got some emotion going on and maybe someone's pissed at you, just still send back that friendly response. Smile when you're writing it. Just like everybody says, you know, when you're on the phone, smile because the smile like it makes you happy just you know by the transitive property whatever it just you, you put yourself in the posture of positivity and then you're able to kind of transform and since I started doing that I've had a lot less stress about email I create new stress in other ways but in terms of email knowing that I can just jump in write a quick like two sentence response keep it positive follow up in the morning that lets me get to sleep at night so another thing that I found which is which is silly in the way that we one of the ways we make ourselves suffer all the time and i know that you get some of this as well is you come in from the weekend and you have like 200 emails in your inbox and you feel like the world is ending but really 198 of them are probably just sales last minute deals like twitter notifications um you know it's uh when was the last time you just had a good unsubscribe party and just like removed all the clutter from your inbox um, honestly, probably once a week, just as like I've signed up for a new mm -hmm. thing, I'm sh buying stuff from a new site. I'll be okay, yeah, I'll get your emails. And then the first one is like, this is useless to me, I don't care. <laughs> so I immediately unsubscribe from just about everything. Yeah, I, I, I need to I need to become more like that. It usually it takes me like a quarter worth of just deleting emails before I'm like, you know, you can just unsubscribe from these and, 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 and then just stop. Because it feels like a minefield. It's like, okay, sale, sale, sale. Oh, shit, pissed off person. Sale, sale, sale. Oh, happy person. And you're just like, what's going on? It just creates that, just that tension of what, of the unknown, the fear of the unknown and the abyss of email. One of the things that we talked about uh, last week, while we were out having sort of an informal company cocktail meeting party thing, uh, as we were talking about, you know, responding to emails after hours or like way early in the morning, things like that, it, because you know that that when you when you respond to a customer or a colleague or whatever after hours for something that doesn't really need a response, to that and you're training that person to just okay, well, you're my pet, twenty four seven. I own you and your inbox. And so we talked about the idea of scheduling email like any other task or deliverable or work assignment where it's okay, well, email isn't just oxygen. I can live without my email for three hours. You know, unless there's an emergency, 
we, we can schedule our emails out. So what, what kind of schedule do you like, do you follow or do you think would be beneficial for people to follow to try and break that into manageable chunks and treat it more like a task that's part of work than just oxygen for them? Oh yeah. <clears throat> I mean, my own personal schedule is in the morning when I come in, I check what emails came in, you know, after hours, overnight, whatever, before I got it in the morning and I try to respond to those. And then I also try to make sure that anything that's come in throughout the day gets answered before I leave. That way I can just ignore my email and not have that hanging over my head. I might even stay a little bit late just to finish getting that email out so that I can just not think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but like during the, you know, the middle portion of the day, the, the rest of the eight hours that you're in the office, um, I honestly just go through them as I have a natural breaking point in between tasks because... You know, I don't want to get started on something else right away, so let's see what came in. And I kind of handle it that way, but I know another good strategy is to just have a set time during the day. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, based on what I have to do throughout the day, I can't necessarily do that all the time. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes managing the emails is sort of part of the job and happens when it happens. Um, for people like me that are more in the design or developer phase, you know it can be really difficult to go in, reply to an email, come back and remember where you were at in your task or you know what you were coding, what you were writing, what you were designing. You know, it takes you out of that flow and that's killing your efficiency um, you know, for the client that you're servicing. If, if, it's, if it's a different client that's emailing you, you know, you're kind of screwing yourself over there. So it's important to, to, to remember that these interruptions are really killing your productivity. And if you can give yourself those nice long stretches of work, that'll really save you some time. Um, I'm working on implementing this myself. I'm kind of thinking of like a beginning, middle, and end of the day cycle. Uh, Because obviously in the morning there's gonna be a couple of emails from people just getting things off. And then if I can get a good three hours of work in before lunch and then another solid four in before the end of the day, you know, then I'm able to get in a solid seven hour chunk of work and then have, you know, an hour and a half, two hours set aside throughout the day to get my emails done. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But uh, I know I have, you know, in our notes, an anecdote at this point, uh, because we're kind of sort of winding down now. So now is a good time for you to share a story with the rest of the class. (laughs) Oh, I have so many good ones. Um... I mean, really what it comes down to is when I first started getting into this like project management mm-hmm. position here, I, um, I was constantly stressed out about, you know, like making sure I checked my email, making sure I knew whether or not anything really had to be done, responding just to let people know that I got their email, even if it's like eight o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. And after a while, it just wore on me. You know, I spent, you know, hours at night just dreading, like, what did that email say? You know, should I respond? Do I need to respond? And I basically just got to the point of like, no, I can't care about this because mm-hmm. it, it destroys my home life. I can't be home if I'm always at work. So I just turned off all email notifications for my work email on my phone. So that way I can at least check them if I need to, but I never know if there's a new email. And then I just implemented a like, you know, no email at home I can get to it in the morning and just trying to remember that if it's an emergency, they'll call somebody and I will find out if there's an emergency that has to be dealt with. And that's kind of was like my journey through email. But at the same time, like 
think a couple years ago I wrote a blog post on like my new philosophy of email which is like just don't check your email until you have to Mm -hmm. and you know it got really good reception from my fiance who read it (laughs) nobody else did which you know I guess I don't really care maybe I don't (laughs) but I I don't know. It was just one of those things. It was just like this realization that I had, even though people had told me for years, like, mm-hmm. just don't worry about it. I had to come to that realization on my own. And um, I also decided that, like, I can't force clients to put urgent in their subject lines because then they'll just abuse it for every little thing. <laughs> yeah. So now it's just, I'll, you know, I'll glance at it. If it's important, I'll take care of it. If it's not, I'm going back to work. Right. It's one of those things where it's like, it's, not the most complicated solution in the world, but we just get so conditioned into this. And part of it too is is the incentives we give ourselves, whether it's stress or you know we think it's going to relieve some anxiety. It's a it's a it's a tick we have now where it's like oh email comes in, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And uh, yeah, it's it's it is what it is. All right, so I hope that gave everyone a little bit more insight just into the phenomenon that is email and how it has absolutely taken over our lives uh, from you know the 90s when you'd hear you got mail and you're like yes email the technology of the future to now when your email goes off and you just want to hide because you feel like the Gestapo is going to break down your door and, and make you go back to work or something so thanks for listening and don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you like the show it's a huge factor in how they rank podcasts so it's uh, it actually helps us a lot in terms of you know getting new people to listen and, and getting the word out I made a really easy link for you to do that if you just go to buildcreate.com slash step three that'll take you straight to iTunes just click on those little stars and we'll be all good and if you have any comments questions or general apathy to share You can do that at podcast at buildcreate.com. And we are on Twitter at at buildcreate. And I am personally on Twitter at at wilsonography. And Alex doesn't want you to have your Twitter probably. So forget that. (laughs) Thanks again. And we'll see you next week. Two, three.